Welcome to the Mixed Movement, where we speak candidly about the uncommon commonalities that people of mixed race face in our world today. Here, we listen, share, learn, and acknowledge that through our stories, we are all connected. We are your hosts, me, Chris, and Rachel Go. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. Today, Chris and I are going to talk about what it's like and some of the situations that we've encountered while traveling to different countries, different parts of the world, different parts of our own country, and this the unique situations that we've been faced with. So both Chris and I have traveled recently, very recently also. So I am very curious, Chris. How was your trip to New Orleans? Did anything happen there? Well, I love New Orleans, first of all. Big plug for New Orleans. Uh, Everything amazing. Um, It's super diverse there. I love that. I love that everywhere you look, there are people that look like me. And there are white people. There are black people. I've seen Asian people. Like, there's just such a mixture of those people there. And it's a place that, honestly, I have never felt more comfortable than when I go there. Is that why? Yep. Is because it's such a melting pot? It's a melting pot, but there, I like see, seeing people like me, I think, and you is a norm there. You know, it's just normal. Huh. Because they have, you know, what they consider Creole people, which right. Creole people, if you, if you were to look up the description of what they are, they're of European and African-American descent. And then if you go specifically in Louisiana, it is French yes, and African descent. So there's a lot of people that look. I did not know that. That's what Creole is. So I love Creole. Um, <laughs> but I noticed when I was there, it's so funny because when I was there this last time, there were people that I caught taking my picture huh. in the park. And I'm what? like, you think I'm from here. That's awesome. That's awesome. We're just going to go with that. Hey, (laughs) y'all. That's funny. Yeah. How many times did that happen? Well, it happened around three times. I say I was there four days. It happened three days out of the four. Interesting. Yeah. And people just look at you and they just smile. You know, they look a little bit longer than if they were just glancing. Right. But it's not, it's not awkward there. I think that here, because I know the feel for here and and just growing up here, just having some discomforts here, that there, that doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me at all. If they look, because they're smiling, it's genuine, and there's nothing to be afraid of there. To me, I've never run into it. I did have a situation, <laughs> not this past time that I went, but I went before and there was this, there was this older gentleman with that accent that they have down there. Uh-huh. And I mean, personal space, what is that? So he walked <laughs> right up to me and I have the tattoos on my forehead. So he walks up to me and he puts his finger on my, like he touches my forehead. What? And he goes, yeah, what that there? What that mean? <laughs> and, he, and, and I couldn't like if that. First of all, here you can't get that close to me at all. That's not happening. No. But it's just, it. 
it's something about the energy there. And it's, I was so comfortable that when he did it, I, it didn't upset me. I laughed because he was <laughs> genuine and he really wanted to know. And I loved his accent. I thought it was awesome. But, um, I, I love the openness there and the, the freedom. And I don't know, there's just nothing that made me uncomfortable at all. He, everybody invaded my personal space. Like everybody invaded that my personal space. That seems impossible for you to allow. Yeah, that's very surprising to me. I'm totally different there. My guards are down. You know, it's just, it just feels good there. Yeah. Like, that is a place of belonging. You know, I just feel like I belong there. And we, when I did our um, ancestry, actually, our ancestors are from Louisiana of in many places, but they are from Louisiana. Really? Yeah. So it all makes See, sense. So everybody, everybody is like <laughs> watching me learn about my family. <laughs> so our ancestors are from Louisiana. No wonder you have such a pull to go there. Yep. Yep. Always have. Even when I had never, I mean, I'd never been there before, but I've always had a draw to stories, books I would read. They were from there. And I just felt this connection instantly. And this is way before learning that, you know, our ancestors were from there. Um, I, I had a friend, I have a friend named Carla. She's amazing. And uh, she's a medium. And she told me. Carla you, Starla. Carla Starla. I love her. She's amazing. So she was like, yeah, you, you'll see when you get there, you're going to feel like it's going to feel like home because that is your home. And I'm like, okay, well, and I went and oh my gosh, she was so right. She was so right. And I cried when I left the first time I cried, I didn't want to leave. It just felt so warm. And I felt comfortable. And I think that was really the first time in my life that I felt safe, you know, while while traveling in general or just overall? Just that location, just going anywhere, actually. I've gone places and you just don't know, you know, what to expect or what you're going to run into. But I didn't have any of those fears, not even going there. It just felt right before I got there. And when I got there, I was like, <laughs> home, this <Yeah>. is home. <laughs> this is what home feels like. So if you're oh, going to move, I know where to find you. That's right. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rachel Goh. It is my mission in life to help people like you learn to love every aspect of themselves in order to attain the life of their dreams. If you are ready to live a life free of fears and land that dream job or go travel the world or whatever your dreams may be, message me at coachrachelgo at gmail.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-R-A-C-H-A-E-L go at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at live empowered now. There is nothing more powerful than loving the person you see in the mirror every day because courage starts within. So has there been any other location that you've been to where you feel maybe not necessarily scared, but mistaken for a local or felt a little bit like you fit in to the natives, 
necessarily because you've traveled you've traveled big too yeah <laughs> I traveled big I did I've I've spent five weeks in Nigeria and that was there was definitely I was I didn't feel like I didn't belong there because I know that I mean my ancestors are from there yeah but I definitely didn't fit exactly because I didn't nobody looks like me there and if I wanted to ignore that fact no one would let me ignore that fact <laughs> really how so there was there was touching if you've ever seen Slumdog Millionaire you know the the market that they go through it's all these oh my god it's so yes. confusing there's so yeah. many people well as you go through it's kind of tight so I felt I would feel people like touch my arm or touch my hair um what yeah. Yeah. And there was, there was nobody else as light as me in those areas. So of course everybody was looking at me. So me feeling like I fit in, like, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> no, no, not at all. That's no, interesting I I that you were getting touched. Oh yeah. And my hair, you know, it touched yeah. my hair. But I will tell you something when I was there that was, it was really upsetting. I went into the one of the little stores. So I was in Lagos, Nigeria. This is not a tourist area. Okay. Not at all. But that's what I wanted. I wanted to be in that area. I wanted to be with the people, the villagers. I wanted to really feel how it felt to be there. I wanted that genuine experience. So I went into one of the shops and I saw magazines. None of the people in the magazines looked like the village people. They were all European. I saw a lot of hair weave. And worst of all, I saw bleaching creams for the skin. <gasps> I saw so many jars of bleaching. And, and I'm just like, my mind is blown because every person I look at, like their skin is so amazing. It's beautiful, different tones. But even there, they're being shown what you look like isn't what beauty is. But oh my God, but it is. Wow. But the bleaching creams, I mean, they're so harmful. Bleaching creams? Bleaching creams. And, I, and I've seen it before. Um, I saw like the face, their faces would be light and their hands would be light, but their neck and their arms would be dark. And I'm like, why, why are you doing? Like, you don't even understand how beautiful you are and your skin Seriously. is amazing. Right. But I mean, society just gets in and just beats the hell out of the realness and the beauty and the realness, even all the way over there. What year was this? I want to say 2012. Okay. I want to say 2012 is when it was. Yeah. So yeah, was one thing that I noticed recently, actually, when I was traveling out to visit you guys in the fashion magazines, there are a lot more biracial, mixed, mm -hmm. mixed race models. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. hopefully, hopefully yeah. that is not as prominent as it was in 2012, 10, year, 10 years ago. 10 years ago. So hopefully. And they, they've had some beautiful models that come out of Africa. I know. Stunning. Can't remember her name right now, but she just took over the magazine covers. Everything about her is just amazing. She has really, really dark skin. And it's just flawless. You know, she just, ugh, if I could draw the perfect Lupita? woman, like it would be, yes. Yes. That's it. Took That's me a her. moment. Yes. She's, she's just so beautiful. Gorgeous. Oh 
Like, please. Oh my God. Don't, why would you change something like that? Like why? But I mean, it's, you know, it's everywhere. There's society will make you dislike yourself, you know, and it's really sad. So that's why you were getting touched. Yes. It wasn't like, ew, she's weird. What's going on? It was like, wow, I want to look like her. No, I had, I had someone tell me that I looked so clean. What? Yeah. I was like, that's kind of heartbreaking. You you don't? Yeah. You think that you don't look clean? Right. What? No. And that, and that's all society that, that didn't exist centuries ago, but it does now. And it's just, it comes in and it just destroys everything that's natural. Well, I'm hoping that truthfully with the, with the change in what I've seen recently in magazines, that it's going to dissipate a little bit because honestly, I would say 50%, if not even more of the models that I see in the fashion magazines mm-hmm. are definitely darker skin, tan, of mixed yeah. heritage. And so, yeah. yeah, I am hoping that has shifted there. Yeah. Because that is really heartbreaking. It is. Like, first of all, our grandmother told me she didn't want me to go. That's tough. You know, and I'm like, I'm going to be fine. She's like, no, I have a bad feeling. Now, the last thing you want to hear is your grandmother saying she has a bad feeling. Right. I'm like, grandma, I paid over $2,000. That bad feeling, you got to set it to the side. Sorry. I have to shift that a little bit because tickets are already paid. It's done. Yeah. So I, I know when I went there, I don't regret going. There are some things that I saw that I wish I could unsee. You know, and there's some things that I saw that was just absolutely beautiful. So I got what I asked for, which was, right. you know, no sugar coating, how it is. And and this, it gave me so much more respect for them. I know more about them. I know they work so hard, how much they respect education. I sat down and was able to talk to people about their feelings about Americans in general. But I, I can tell you, where I was, because we went from Lagos to Victoria Island. Now, Victoria Island is more of like a city, like a bigger city. Uh-huh. And I know, uh, I believe it was for my birthday, actually. So December 25th, there was a big party in the street. And we were staying at this hotel on the Strip. And um, they were, I remember I was in the, over the balcony. I was hanging over the balcony just looking. And I knew if I went out there, I needed to cover my head because Part of the community was Christian, part was Muslim. It was just safer, though, for me to, you know, be covered, even though it's hot as heck. Oh, my God. Nighttime. It was like, I feel the sun, but I don't see the sun. (laughs) Um, So I'm like, I want to go down there. And they're like, well, you know, I couldn't go anywhere by myself because the the stories you you hear are real um, about kidnapping. And I, like I said, I didn't fit in. So I wanted to go down with everybody. I wanted to go down and have a good time. There was music. They were dancing in the streets. It was just a beautiful sight to see all these people so happy. So they took me downstairs and, um, I had my head covered and I'm trying, I'm going to try to describe it. So you've got a long street, a lot of side streets are like the little markets. Mm-hmm. So right around the corner from the hotel, his uncle lived above one of the storefronts. But the storefront he lived above was vacant. And so we go out there. He's standing there. 
And we're just, you know, I'm just watching all the festivities and there's not much lighting there, just a few little lights. But it, it was still, it was just, I was like, this is the best birthday ever. In my mind, I'm so glad I'm here. This is where I want to be. And I turned 40 that year. So I'm like, oh, this is my it's a big, like, wow, yeah. that's amazing. I'm, I'm in Nigeria, I'm partying, I'm eating good food. And I was a vegetarian until I got there. And then I was, <laughs> and it right? was amazing. So we're standing there and all of a sudden I start seeing p- groves of people running past us. And this is not running like this is fun. We're playing whatever. No, they were like scared. Fear. fear. And so I'm standing there and I'm standing behind the person I'm with and his uncle. And I'm now I'm scared. I'm scared because yeah. everything just shifted so fast. And I hear glass breaking and I hear screaming. So his uncle reaches back and he breaks the lock on the empty uh, storefront. And he's like, go back, you know, go back as far as you can. Now, let me tell you, the rope is there like four inches <laughs> long and, and they fly. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. But I don't know why. If all these people are running, you can't. It's pitch black in there. So I'm like, I don't know what's in here, but I'm going to step back slowly. and But I don't want my whole back against the wall. So I got my finger behind me trying oh to reach God. for the walls. I know how far back to go. And I just stood there. So after a while, it died down, all the screams. And his uncle grabbed my arm. and He's like, come on, let's go. So we go out of the storefront, around another corner, two corners to end up back at the hotel. And so I'm at the front step of the hotel. And the manager, which is a woman, the look on her, she scared me even more. Her eyes got big and she was like, what is she doing out here? So she grabs my arm. As she grabs my arm, this big, like army looking tank pulls up and all these guys jump out with guns the size of small children and they start shooting down the street we just came off of. I mean, within a matter Why? of seconds. What was and happening? They were shooting blindly. Because it's dark down there. You can't even see. So they're shooting blindly down this street. And I'm like, oh, my God, we just came out. I could have been dead right there. And she's like, you go upstairs. You don't come out of your room. I mean, and she was so stern. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because clearly, I'm like, this is my last night on earth. I'm going right. to die. <laughs> this is what grandma was talking about. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, okay. oh, right. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I went. I, I was upstairs and, and locked the door and just listened until I didn't hear anything anymore. Then went back out. I went and looked at, over the balcony and it was so sad because no one was in the street anymore. And the chairs that they had out there, they were broken. There was broken glass. It, it just. Oh, how devastating. It, it was. But I just. Do you know like, what that was about? Like what caused all of that? No idea. But it but it seemed after I talked to some people, that was it's pretty much the norm. Um, at times like that when there's big gatherings. Um, I don't know if it was and it's hard to tell because the police there looked like our military. Right. So it's hard to tell if they were the military or if they were the other people that everyone was trying to hide me from. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Um, I don't know who it was, oh, but crazy. It, it was scary. And and I had a couple more situations that were really creepy, but that was like the worst and the scariest. Yeah. I'll never forget it. I'm um, glad that that was the worst because that's pretty bad. Yeah, it was. It was definitely um, pretty bad, but 
Yeah, I, I have tons of stories. For five weeks, I have tons of stories from there, but that was one that stands out the most. And I was ne- I don't think I was ever so scared to be me. Absolutely. I'm like, okay, so now is definitely a time like when I was younger that I was, my skin was darker <laughs> and I, and I did kind of fit in, but no, I absolutely didn't. And I, and I can't help but to think that I could have put people around me in danger, you know, that were trying to keep me safe. That I think is one thing that you kind of just have to let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because holding on to that, nothing did happen. Nope. And and holding on to that is not beneficial. Nope. I would have the same reaction. I mean, I, I have. You've walked me through a couple of situations where I'm like, well, Rachel, nothing terrible happened. You mm-hmm. can't control it. It wasn't your fault. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I know that's easier said than done. So was there ever a moment when you were there, were you were mistaken for a local? In Nigeria? Yeah. Fuck no. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. Well, you, I mean, you, you said people. <laughs> well, we are Nigerian, first we of all. We are. We are. <laughs> and you did say skin bleaching, kids. Mm, not in no. this level of skin bleaching. <laughs> I didn't see this level. Not, not to that extent. No. Nobody nope, was as accomplished yeah, as you were. Yeah, I, I didn't see that. <laughs> nope. Nope. Have you been, is there anywhere that you have been that you have been mistaken for somebody of a different culture? Mm, nope. Outside of just here and, you know, people walking up to me speaking Spanish, that's pretty much it. I haven't been anywhere. Like, I haven't been to Mexico, which I can't wait to hear you talk about. Oh, my gosh. But I haven't been there, but. I can see that happening and you, you're proof of that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm actually going to start with when I lived in Hawaii. Okay. That was interesting. So I'm sure most of the people who have been to Hawaii that are listening know that there's a difference between locals and tourists Mm -hmm. and, or Hallies is the derogatory term. Mm. And I am definitely not a local, but I looked at, especially because when I lived there, my skin was very dark and I went, I was still going through that phase where I straightened my hair every day in the tropics. It didn't always work out in my favor, but but that's just, it was, my hair was dark and it was long and it was straight. So I was mistaken for either Hawaiian or Polynesian and it was great until I started to speak. I do not speak the local dialect, which is pidgin. Mm. And for the most part, it's funny because I think I I was trained, I trained myself to be quiet around mm. people that I don't know, it, like especially somewhere that if they were to find me out, I would be looked at differently. Mm, so gotcha. for the longest time, especially going out at night, going out to the bars, and then you notice the crowd would shift from tourists to locals or depending on the bar that you're at. I, I had a tendency to shut my mouth okay. because once, and there was only really one time that there was almost a fight that happened mm. over me when I was with, who is now my ex-husband, because he's very much a Howley. He's very white. Mm-hmm. So 
for some reason, it's not really a fear thing. It was also like, I want to be a fly on the wall and learn the culture because I can. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to stand back and, and shut my mouth a little bit. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, that wasn't a constant when I lived there. It was pretty much when I was out at bars drinking yeah. and noticing like things could go sideways real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I even one time when I was flying back back to Hawaii, I was next to somebody who was born and raised on Oahu. And we we had a really great conversation. He was a really nice guy. And I asked him towards the end of the flight, I said, oh, did you did you think that I'm a local? He said, yeah, until you started speaking. <laughs> I was like, that is always what gives it away. Yep. <laughs> every, every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think living there, I had I had this kind of training, I guess, okay. or this awareness, like. I don't mm-hmm. look different from most places, so certain places from right. from the the locals, but I am. So, and I think it's also partially in my nature. I'm a pretty quiet person in a group mm-hmm. um, or out socially. I prefer to kind of get the feel, absorb the situation right. before I start talking. And there were a couple I did go to Belize. And same thing happened to me. People would walk up to me and start speaking their language. And I'm like, I'm very white. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) What? (laughs) Did you ever want to learn a little bit about the languages before you went to those places? Well, when when I went to Belize, where we stayed was pretty much all very touristy. So a lot of the people I knew I didn't really have to learn how to speak Belizean. So I didn't, and it was for my honeymoon. So gotcha. I, I didn't really have time prior to learn the language. I was a little right. busy with planning and all that. Um, I wish I would have, of course, yeah. everywhere that I go, I wish, I wish that I would have learned the language. But that being said, my recent trip to Mexico, I like, oh man, I tried so hard and with major fail to learn Spanish. I only learned like, because I, at one point in time, I did want to learn the Yoruba language because that was the language from Nigeria. And when I saw that wasn't going to work in the amount of time I had, I just learned all the swear words and negative words. So I know <laughs> what was talking about me. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. And nobody did I knew I learned good. all those words. You were absolutely. Yeah. Oh, good. So well. that did. So it worked. Yes, it did. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yep. Um, no, I think my experience in Mexico, I, I went when I was younger, but I think I was 13 and that was very different. I was with my family who everybody was white and yeah. we went to the Yucatan Peninsula. It wasn't super touristy, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't that like remote. You didn't feel like you were. So it was kind of in between. So I felt kind of whatever. And I don't really remember all every detail from that. But Mm -hmm. this time, this trip, I went with somebody who is born and raised in Mexico City until he was 16 years old. He speaks Spanish more comfortably than he speaks English. So that being said, I, I mean, I tried to learn the language and I think if I was with somebody who 
spoke Spanish as a second language, it might have been a little bit different. Right. But I listened and I could not keep up <laughs> with what he was saying half the time because he speaks it so fluently and he, we were, you know, in that country and, and everybody also spoke fluently. Yes. My favorite experiences, which happened almost daily because we would go out and we we were in San Miguel, Mexico. We were not on the coast. And so we were in central Mexico. And we went into the markets, into the shops or restaurants to get food. And everybody would look at me and just, at one point we were in a, an art gallery. And if, if he hears this, he's probably going to remember exactly what I'm talking about. This, the artist came up to me and, and started speaking full conversation with me. And I was like, up, uh, 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 no, I like, <laughs> And, and he interrupted. He's like, she doesn't speak Spanish. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, eh, I'm sorry that you said like four. I'm four sorry. Paragraphs. That you're and I just nodded and smiled. Right. <laughs> but, but the one thing that he did point out is when we were going to the markets and we were going shopping, because I have that initial reaction of being quiet and mm-hmm. not trying to speak first. These salespeople or shop owners would come up to me and start talking to me. Or like I'd pick up a sandal and I'm like, mm-hmm. um, and and they would give me the price, but they would give me local price. They didn't they didn't oh. hike it up because they didn't what? look. Yeah. So oh, and because he'd fun. he'd be in the, you know, he'd be nearby and he'd hear the whole thing. And wow. yeah, so it was a little bit of a benefit. But yeah. then they'd, you know, they'd ask me these questions and I'm like, I'd look at him and he'd come over and start talking. <laughs> like, help me. Please. <laughs> but it was it was kind of funny that because I looked like a local, even with my curly hair, that the I didn't get the jacked up tourist price mm-hmm. on most of the stuff. But yeah. it was challenging several times because I was I would be stuck. You know, I, I think there was one time. One time I went out just because also different country, you don't know about safety. Um, There was one time that I did go out by myself and I went to a patisserie to get breakfast. Okay. And I walked in and they had the best stuff and it was set up so beautifully. It's so different. And you basically walk in and you pick up what you want, but there were a couple of things that I needed from the cooler and they didn't speak English. And so that was a little bit challenging because I, with the very limited Spanish I do know, I, we made it happen, but there was a lot of pointing. And I'd say two of the dos. <laughs> like, it was just, it was a little hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw, it, I saw it as a huge benefit that I looked Mexican in Mexico. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it made me feel a lot less targeted in certain areas. I mean, we didn't go anywhere that was unsafe, but we went into, it was a, it's a very beautiful place and it's pretty popular, especially when you get into the town square, but I never felt like, oh, I'm going to get targeted as a tourist. I need to keep my belongings close to me, especially because of who I was with. Our other friend who we stayed with is, his name is Mike and he's, he's been in Mexico for 40 years, but he's very much a white guy. So okay. and he is, he pointed out, I think it was the third or fourth day, he said, wow, people really do mistake you as a local. That's mm. pretty funny. 
because he <laughs> speaks better Spanish than I do. And I'm yeah. like, I, I, I'm just like, I nod and smile and I look for help. <laughs> 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 when, when they ramble off, I'm like, well, I'm, uh, hold on. <laughs> uh, but no, I did. I I love it. I love that. No matter where I go, for the most part, I know if I were to go to like Norway, it would be very different. But <laughs> from where I've been, Belize, Hawaii, Mexico, I blend in, and it. I feel like. I've gotten a bit of a different experience because of how I look. Okay. And again, training myself to be kind of a mute and just a fly on the wall has really, I don't know, it's been a huge benefit. I think it's pretty freaking awesome, to be honest with you. I, I noticed that I got looked at and treated differently than Mike, who's lived there for 40 years and owns a home there, right, right. Like straight off the bat. Not necessarily super negative, but they would have a, t- a tendency to gravitate to me and my friend who I was with mm-hmm. versus the person who actually resides there. <laughs> Just pretty funny. And I got a local discount, apparently. Hello. <laughs> All the perks. All, the, All perks. the perks. We don't talk about the perks, many of the perks, but that is definitely the, a perk. It's definitely a perk. So if you who are listening... And are biracial, multi, multiracial, and you travel, try your best, even if you don't speak the language, to just observe first, mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. how you blend in. Because it, it it's a pretty cool experience when you let your guard down and just, yeah, you know, mesh in with the locals as much as you can. Agreed. Agreed. That's why I'm I'm going back to New Orleans as soon as I can. Yeah, right? I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going somewhere again. I would like to go to Ghana. I would really like to go to Ghana. That would be amazing. Honestly, you want to know where I, my number one? It used to be Portugal, mm-hmm. but I really want to go to Egypt. Oh, yeah. Well, that's <sighs> nice. We should go. That, okay, let's do it. We should, let's do it. First, we get, first let's, let's get you guys to New Orleans. Okay. Let's start yes. smaller. Okay, like, we'll start smaller. That's that is. We'll go big. Okay, you know. perfect. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for sharing everything that you did today, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's always enlightening because I think that our listeners, we need to remind them sometimes that we're still learning each other as well. We didn't grow up together. Yeah, so. exactly. So these are conversations that are truly organic. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm learning a little bit more about you and your experiences and then how you feel about certain situations and I and I love it. I, I love it. Me too. I think your 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 brainchild to do this was divinely inspired. Like it was meant to be. And I think uh Dan had a whole lot to do with us uh, you know, getting together and and connecting yeah. and you know he's smiling right now. Because he always wanted that. He always wanted that. I always wanted that. Yep. <laughs> we all did. And it, it happened. And it was because of him. So. Thanks, Dad. I'm grateful for that. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to encourage our listeners to share their experiences that they've had while traveling. If there's anything that you would like to share with us, feel free to visit our website and fill out our form. Or you can find us, message us on Instagram at mixed.movement. We do post about our episodes. So if after you listen, 
please feel free to share your story, anything. We want to hear about you and your experiences because without you, we wouldn't be able to do this. So thank you for listening. Thank you. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We want to be here for you and we can't do what we're doing without your support. Please hit subscribe and to stay up to date, head on over to mixmovement.com. That's M-I-X-D-M-O-V-E-M-E-N-T.com to stay up to date with news and more. We are the Mixed Movement. See you next time.